Uno, dos, tres. R.I.P. to the competition. I heard that they're coming three. I heard that they're coming three. I heard that they're coming three. Hello, 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 and welcome to Threes Across Sportscast. I'm your host, Ray Jones. I got my go-to girl, Kelsey Nelson, in the house. Kelsey, what's up? Hey, what's up, everyone? And my big man, James. James, how you living? Yo, 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 what's up? And welcome, everybody. This is episode 10. This episode is entitled Reality Checks. We got a lot to discuss today. On this week's episode, we will discuss the NFL Combine, which was really exciting, uh, recent NFL transactions, the latest NBA injuries, and so much more. But first, before we begin, it is a new month of March, so we want to go ahead and acknowledge Women's History Month. So first off, we'll start with Kelsey. Kelsey, who are you honoring this month? Thank you, Ray, and happy Women's History Month to everyone. Today, I chose to honor Violet Palmer, who was the NBA's first female referee, and just a quick rundown of her many accomplishments. Um, It was back in the year 1997 when Palmer was alongside Dee Cantor when she broke the NBA's gender barrier and she officiated 54 games her first NBA season. She She officiated 919 NBA games in total. Palmer also became the first woman to oversee an NBA postseason game when she refereed game two of the first round of the Eastern Conference matchup between the Indiana Pacers and back then the New Jersey Nets, which was back in 2006. And in 2014, she also became the first openly gay referee in NBA history when she married her partner. Overall, she spent 18 seasons as an on-court official, but she had to retire last year because of knee problems. So salute to you, Violet Palmer, for paving the way for female referees in the NBA. And thank you to Violet Palmer. I selected uh, tennis player Billie Jean King. Um, She was a great tennis player. She's one of the best of all time. She has 39 uh, Grand Slam titles, including 12 singles, 16 women's doubles, and 11 mixed doubles. And for Team USA, she had seven Federation Cups and nine Whiteman Cups. She was also an advocate for gender equality and a pioneer for social injustice. She's well known for um, back in 1973. I don't know if you guys remember this. She was part of the Battle of the Sexes tennis match with uh, Bobby Rigg. She did pretty well in that match. She won that match. And she was also the founder of the Women's Tennis Association and also the Women's Sports Association. Back in 1987, she was inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame. So salute to Billie Jean King. She did a lot of great things for tennis and as well as social equality and gender equality. So... That was my honor for this month. James, who you got? For this month, I got Florence Joyner, also known as Flo Jo. She uh, was a 1988 Summer Olympics uh, gold medalist in the 100 meter and the 200 meters, and she still holds this record till this day. But she unexpectedly died in uh, 1998 uh, after having an epileptic seizure. And she was she's my pick. And she's still awesome till this day, and she still holds that record. And she's a beautiful woman, Florence Joyner, Flo Joe. <laughs> Rest in peace. You got a float, Joe. You got a float, Joe. Oh, so Joe, what, 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 Joe. <laughs> All right, um, and so salute to everyone that was in for the Women's History Month. But we also want to introduce a new segment to the show. Uh, this pretty much a statistical, historical moment of the show. Did you know this week in sports history? So on March 6th in 1982, uh, the NBA had the second highest score game of all time. That was the San Antonio Spurs defeated the Milwaukee Bucks 171 to 166. It took three overtimes for them to get to that total score. So that was definitely an exciting game, high scoring game. No <laughs> Sounds like an all-star game score a little bit. It really right. does. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right, so let's let's just jump right into the show, the top headlines. First, of course, we're going to discuss the NFL Combine, man. Um, three major standouts that I saw with the Combine so far, but I definitely wanted to point out Washington wide receiver John Ross. 
He broke uh, running back Chris Johnson's 2008 40-yard dash. Chris Johnson had a time of 4.24. Guess what uh, Ross came in at? 4.22. Yeah, amazing. amazing. Do you guys know how fast that is? Like that's That ridiculous. is super fast. I've never so done anything that, that fast. He gets money for that, right? He gets a bonus well, or something like that. Let me, let me break it down to you. So Adidas had announced this little campaign where they were offering an island to a prospect who broke Johnson's record, right? The only caveat to that was that he had to wear the uh, 2017 a D0 five-star uh, cleat. So guess what kind of cleats Ross had on? Please tell me he had them on. Or he did. He did not have he had on oh, Nike. Oh man! <laughs> so he broke the he had he broke the record, Nike but he didn't have the cleats on. So I mean, it worked out for him in the end. He broke the record, so Nike offered him a contract. He ended up signing with Nike, but he didn't get his own island. I don't know. I, I kind of think the island thing is pretty cool. The island thing uh, is definitely cool, but I think it's, it's overrated. Nike. It's Nike. <laughs> yeah. True, true. So Just let's go uh, back to Ross, though. What do you think? What do you guys think about his run? So let's let's break down his stats a little bit. For one, he's five eleven, one ninety. He okay. had um. 1100, 1,150 yards catching this year and 81 receptions with 17 touchdowns. So he's pretty productive. Not only is he fast, but he's productive on the field. What do you guys think as far as him being a prospect? I think he's an amazing prospect. I mean, obviously, it definitely helped him. He already kind of topped the combine news with how fast he was. And anytime you break a record in itself, you're already going to get more eyes on you. And I, I think he has a bright future. What do you think about his size, though? 5'11", you know they always hype up the stats a little bit. So I don't know if he's quite 5'11", but do you guys feel like he's uh, he's be more of a possession receiver? Feet, like I guess a downrange or downfield receiver. Where do you guys see him fitting in? I feel like I feel like he was to fit in because I mean, look at Deshaun Stevenson, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun, excuse me, Deshaun Jackson is what about five? What five nine? Five ten? Mm-hmm. He's a prolific uh, wide receiver. He'll fit right in. And I was actually faster. gonna say the same thing. Like that's a great comparison. I mean, even look at Steve Smith. Um, another good example. Even though obviously he wasn't as fast towards the end of his career, but I think John Ross has a bright future. So I would say definitely look out for him. Cool. Okay. So for the second standout, um, I wanted to highlight Clemson quarterback Deshaun Watson. Uh, they said he was masterful with, at the, all the quarterback drills. He pretty much dominated the day. And then he also ran a pretty good 40 as well. He ran a 4.6. So what do you guys feel about uh, Deshaun Watson, Kelsey? I like Deshaun a lot. My only thing is, I think, I mean, obviously he had a promising year, especially with winning the national championship. Um, but I really, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the taller size quarterback. Um, just because obviously you can see over the pocket better, you can see more of the field clearer. But I don't know. I want to see where he goes because there are obviously some teams who do need uh, quarterbacks. It'll be interesting to see where he's picked in the draft. I don't really put emphasis in the rookies until I see them play. Because uh, my okay. boy, my boy Watkins and um and, and uh, Buffalo Bills, he he, I thought he was great until he got hurt. So. So I think I, I gotta, think Sammy Watkins he he has had a pretty productive career it's just that he just can't stay healthy for too long. Exactly. So I, I don't want to say he, I don't I wouldn't label him a bust or anything like that. It's just unfortunately he's been hit with a lot of injuries. Sorry, do you guys see them changing his position possibly in the NFL? Sammy mm. Watkins or Deshaun Watson? No, Deshaun. To what? I mean, I don't know what else he could do, but possibly be a wide receiver. I don't know. I mean, I think it's pretty hard to switch positions. I think Terrell Pryor was a. Um, he, he he did that pretty well this this season, but he's also huge. Mm-hmm. He's like about right, six four, different. so it was easier for him to transition to a wide receiver because he was physically dominating. So I think for a lot of players, it all depends on your skill set. But I think your size and your your other uh, attributes really factor into that decision. So we'll have to kind of wait and see. I don't want to necessarily give up on him being a quarterback. Let's give him a shot first, mm-hmm. and then if that doesn't work, let's because he might not even want to switch over. For example, Tim Tebow. They tried to convert him to different positions. He wouldn't do it. Right. He says, I'm a quarterback. So it, it's, it's kind of – it goes both ways with that. 
But I think I think it's a little too early to just write him off and say he's not going to be a, like I said. He, he performed pretty well in all the quarterback drills yesterday, so we'll see how it translates to the NFL game. Right. So uh, the last person I wanted to highlight was Alabama tight end uh, OJ Howard. There's a lot of strong tight ends in this combine, but OJ Howard he's huge. He's six six, two hundred forty nine pounds. He ran a four point five one on his forty yard dash. Did you hear that? Six six. 250. That's crazy. Four, five. I saw that. That's crazy. crazy. Right. And not only is he fast, he's strong. He did 22 reps on the bench press, and he had a 30-inch vertical. He's like a physical specimen. It seems like tight ends are turning into, like, former basketball players, like that body build, and it mm-hmm. translates to the tight end position pretty well. Like, you know, we had Jordan Reed, Antonio Gates back in the day, Tony Gonzalez. Uh, O.J. Howard has that frame of a basketball player, and he yep, has that athleticism. No mm-hmm. It's definitely no Witten, thank God. <laughs> so how do you guys feel about O.J. Howard, Kelsey? I like O.J. Howard. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, he fits every checkbox that you could possibly want, obviously, in the tight end. So I think he's going to be good. He's bright. As you said, he already did something crazy that you would never think any one of his size or stature could do. So I would definitely say watch out for him. I can't wait to see what lucky team we'll get to pick him up. And it's not going to be in the DMV area. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing hope to here, finally. (laughs) I don't know if they would need another tight end. (laughs) They had Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed played pretty well. And then when Jordan Reed was out, Vernon Davis played pretty well. So, I mean, they may want to just bring in somebody as a prospect, but he's pretty good. I don't know if I want to let him sit. I would want him to play right away. This right. is Jordan Reed is good, but you have to remember all the concussions that he's got during his career. I can definitely understand somebody, like, being under his wing, but with with, – with him being so good, I don't know if I want to sit him. I want to play him right away and just let him go. Try by true. error. Right. I guess he's promising. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's transition to the NBA a little bit. Right. Uh, there was a lot of major injuries uh, last week. Let's start off with the first one. Joel Embiid. He's going to be out for the season. It's unfortunate I mean, because they expected Ben Simmons to come back pretty soon. It would have been cool to see those two guys together. But, James, go ahead. What do you think about Embiid sitting out? I mean, it's, it's a precautionary thing. I think he's going to be okay. Like, you know, you know, swollen knee, he's not no Greg Oden. I still believe he's going to have a phenomenal career. I still believe him and Ben Simmons are going to take Philly to the next level. And I'm just, I just, I'm just, it's just promising. I think Philly's finally going to have some promising years. And and he, you see, you see what he could do on the court. I mean, he'll be healthy. I believe they're just taking a precautionary, you know, time to, you know, what's the, what's the point of him playing so much? You see what he could do. And, and, and to not risk more injury, you know, let, let him let him sit out for the last couple months. I agree. I mean, I think the 76ers, this season's going to be a mediocre season for them. They're what? They're 23 and 39 right now. They weren't really going to make any noise in the East. Anyways, might as well keep him healthy, keep Ben Simmons healthy. So hopefully next year you have more um, of a run. But, I mean, it sucks. I just keep hearing trust the process. But this process is just so hard to trust, I feel like, for 76ers fans. So, I mean, I feel – I really feel for them. But – it is what it is, and I, all I can say is let's look forward to next season with both of them um, hopefully making some noise and damaging opponents. Right. Kelsey's riding high because the uh, Washington Wizards are doing pretty good right now. So. Uh, James, She's riding high. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save my Wizards stuff for later. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay, Miss Wall. We're sitting in third place. We're sitting in third place right now, sitting pretty much. All right, go ahead, Ray. <laughs> All right, so I got a question for you guys then. So, mm-hmm. we like we spoke about on the previous episode, Joe, Joel Embiid was pretty much running away with the um, rookie of the year, regardless of how many games he's played. Now that he's only played about 30 games, is he still going to be the favorite for rookie of the year? Like, is that fair? It is. Like, like who else can be rookie of the year but him? 
Give me some I know water. Brogdon. Yeah. Brogdon from Milwaukee was having a pretty decent season, but like I said previously, he doesn't have. He wasn't averaging double figures at the time. The only other person that was averaging double figures at the time was the uh, Sixers teammate. So, I mean, it's 30 games of Rookie of the Year. It's going to be a lot of question with that. Kelsey, what do you think? It'll cause some controversy, but the numbers he put up, averaging 20.2 points, 7.8 rebounds, 2.1 assists, I mean, you can't debate that. I'm sorry. I mean, it will be controversy, but I feel like it's like you guys said, it's a landslide. Like, I can't put anybody else in his place. I just, I can't. I mean, there was a point they were going to put him on the all-star team. You got to give him the rookie of the year, I think. I would give it to him. Just like how James Harden's going to win rookie, uh, MVP. He has to. Well, don't get carried away. I mean, I mean, the only reason why I'm saying this is because... That's still debatable. The only reason why I'm saying this is because if you see the way reporters vote, they vote because based on what the team is doing. The fact that they're in third place in the West gives them that advantage. I believe so. Or, 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 I mean, me personally, I would go, I'd give them to them both because without the MVP is without him, the team wouldn't be anywhere. And I feel like that's what it is for Westbrook, but the way voters have been voting for the last couple of years, it's what your team does also. So that's why I say that they're going to give it to Harden. And I have $500 on the bottom for that. I mean, but I get what James is saying, but then at the same time, you could say that for Isaiah Thomas and the Celtics, right? Because Boston's sitting at number two in the East. Even Listen, though, necessarily, I'm not compare. saying he is deserves the MVP, but from what you just said, where the standing is and where his team is, I'm just saying, it goes, it contradicts your point. Okay, you hold on. I got Isaiah Thomas and James Harden as MVP. No, I'm not giving Isaiah Thomas. I'm giving the most improved player of the year, like for his James, stature. I, okay, I can understand the comparison between Isaiah Thomas and James Harden. You said he's not on a level. I got somebody for you. LeBron James. LeBron James. But let me, let me tell you this. When it comes to without LeBron James, they are, when it comes, they are when it, horrendous without LeBron. I understand what so, you're saying, Ray. When it comes to LeBron James, he has set the tone. So if he doesn't go, he's, he stays at a consistent level. And, and people are so into what he has been doing that he has to be past that beyond that to get another MVP. I feel like his numbers are phenomenal. But the fact that he's been doing this consistently, people are like, okay, it's, you know, LeBron's always going to give us 28, 8, and 8. So it's like, it's like secondary to none to them. So he, he needs to do something more extraordinary for them to get MVP. And, and, that, and that's unfair, but that's what he said. He set that tone. So that's why I say being a, giving a triple-double is amazing to me. But you got to give you got to look what Harden's at too. Harden's team is not that much better than the, than Thunder, and they're in third place right now. I feel that honestly, I think that if the Thunder can get a little higher than the seventh seed, they'll give it to Westbrook. He'll get it. Yeah, you'll definitely yeah. give it. But right now, it's it's a struggle for them to get higher than. The but with that, with, with Taj Gibson getting added to the team and Dougie McDermott, it I think help. they can get. Yeah, and, this, and then once Oladipo comes back from injury, they have a pretty stacked, a decent lineup. And they're better than Houston. They got a better team. Mm, I don't know they about that one. Team. Now, once Houston added Lou Will, they got Eric Gordon. They got Nene. He's got a lot of guns on his mm-hmm. team. They Nene, Nene played with the Wizards. You remember that, right? You remember that Nene that played with the Wizards? Um, yeah, yeah. Nene was, was pretty solid okay. with the Wizards. Don't do that, well, they, uh, And then okay. they're also just using Nene in spot minutes. They're not asking him to be, okay, I need you to give us 15 and 20 or 15 and 10. They gave him limited minutes. He doesn't have to do as much now. He's in a different role, but he's performing well. And then, like I said, James Harden has nothing but shooters around him. You know, they added Ryan Anderson. So Houston still has a pretty deep squad. As overall, talent-wise, I would say they're higher than OKC. It's just let's, that Russell Westbrook is that X factor that takes them to a different level. He does things it, that leave, I don't think Harden can do yet. But let's ahead. put it at a, at a corporate perspective. An Adidas player needs to win the MVP. <laughs> why why do you say happen. that? It, uh, we got to look at it in the corporate perspective. When was the last time an Adidas player won the MVP? That, that came close. out of nowhere. 
Yes, exactly. It really See, did. You got to look it into a corporate perspective. I'm a corporation myself. But why do so. why why do we need Adidas to have MVP though? Like, it's just, what, it's just the way it goes, man. It's just Dave, the way it goes. you must have a contract with them or something. You the higher ups. Listen, 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 listen. I'm not gonna tell you guys what's going on with with Adidas sponsorship <laughs> right now. We might get there, so I don't want to talk about that right now. But the higher ups have spoken, and Adidas needs to win MVP this year. Adidas, he said Adidas the higher ups. Why did not I get that ups. email? <laughs> Me. <laughs> I missed that meeting. What happened? Yeah, don't right, worry, so guys. I, I'm working out here. I'm working. I'm working. All right, That's Ray. Funny. Please change it before before we can continue. To I don't even know how we got to the Adidas part. Like <laughs> I don't even know where we are right now. But no. All right, so let's go ahead and get to uh, Kevin Durant's injury, man. So he had a, a grade two MCL spare and a typical bone bruise. He'll be reevaluated in four weeks. So they say he's going to miss at least a month, depending on the recovery and and how it heals. He may miss a little bit more time. Do you think that is injury factoring in on the Warriors' championship hopes? Ah, so I was kind of depressed about this. I was at that game and just seeing Zaza, and I'm not. I know he said he didn't flop, but he flopped. I saw it. We all saw it. It wasn't hard to see, and it sucks because the Warriors. I mean, they were doing things right. They had already uh, clinched their playoff spot, the fastest team in NBA history to do so. But then let's remember, since losing KD, they've went. Oh, and two, their first uh, consecutive back-to-back losses since 2015. And now I think the Spurs and the Rockets are looking at uh, that spot, that number one spot that the Warriors, I guess, just hope that we're going to get. And even the Jazz and saying, you know what, we might need to do some damage. So let's, for, let's not forget that playoffs are in about six weeks, and the Warriors are currently on a road trip. And on the road, they're not doing as well um, as they are at home. So I think Warriors fans should be kind of worried. I'm, I'm worried about that one spot because San Antonio is only two games behind right now. All right. Well, let me put it to you this way. Okay, so he cannot play until or after they reevaluate him in about four weeks. FYI, mm-hmm. the playoffs start in six weeks. Right. So, so without Kevin Durant healthy, they're not going to win a championship. I don't think they're going to win a championship because the fact – this is when the GM has to, you know, take a bite out of this because – the fact that your your bench is not the same anymore, this this is gonna mm-hmm. gonna reflect on their winning on their winning a championship. The fact that Fessis Exili is gone, um, uh, Harrison Bar- Harrison Barnes gone, Bogut gone, <laughs> Bogut's on the Cavs now. So and and the fact that see their bench has to step up. Who's gonna be that X factor to step up? And it, and this year it hasn't been Pachula and it hasn't been um Edugagla or whatever however you say. So, Edugagla. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, name so bad. whatever his name is. But but, but yeah, my point is that, you know, that that's gonna bite them. That's gonna bite them in you know, the ASSS because the fact that their bench is not the same anymore. So take your game on green and and and, and, and see what you could what you could do. Because I don't see oh it happening. Gosh. I don't see it happening. You're going to have Draymond right. coming for us again, James. Yo, what am I saying? I said, take your Draymond Green and see what's going to happen. I don't, I don't see it happening. <laughs> hey, James and Kelsey, do me a favor. I need both of you guys to grab a notepad and take notes because oh, you're going to school. How in the world can you say they can't win without KD? They've already won without KD. And they also okay. blew the Hold on. one lead without KD. Let's yes, remember. Okay. we won without KD. But at the same time, you say the bench is not as good. I feel like the bench is better. 
They, okay, oh. they lost. Let's let's go oh, through who they lost. They lost Barbosa. I'm not well, mm-hmm. not just the bench, but in the roster in general. They lost Harrison Barnes, Barbosa, Ezekiel. That's, yeah. That's the major ones, right? No, no, no. You're missing one. You're missing one. You're missing one. Spades, Spades, and Spades. Okay, they replaced it with Pachulia, McGee. Garbage. Both of those, and David West. All those three bigs are better right. than the three bigs right. they, they lost they, collectively. They, those three bigs collectively are better than the three bigs they lost. Right or wrong? Ray, what are the bigs you just said negative. hurt your star player that was having a great season with the Warriors? No, I mean oh, they no, didn't hurt. I'm I'm sorry. Because, no, I, I disagree because he definitely got pulled down. So it's not Ma- like he Martin just Martin flopped Martin. completely. No, no, no. First of all, he tried to get the foul. He tried to do the extra. For God, KD Yeah, but he still pulled him down. To it. No, I was there. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, Ray. Yeah, you were there, no. but the, I saw it from 17 it different camera angles. He still pulled him down. No. Oh, now, I'm going to say what Warriors legend Rick Barry said. Uh, Kevin Durant has to get healthy if Golden State wants to win an NBA ch- NBA championship because it ain't yep. happening without him. That's Thank what he said. That's Verbatim. what I agree with. Verbatim. So am I going to finish right. my point? Can I get back to no. my? Can I get can go back to school, please? Your can we go back to school? Not warranted anymore. Oh my your, goodness. Your point is not warranted. This is anymore. the worst school I've ever been to, Ray. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, whatever. Up. We're moving on. I didn't want to argue. Yeah, not, I, yeah, I don't want to argue. Your accreditation We're gonna, is trash. <laughs> Just pull it. Oh. Hey, you know what? I'm glad you said trash. Let's talk about the Lakers. So, Ooh. Jeannie Buss versus the Buss brothers. How do you guys feel about that? A little bit of background. Lakers president, co-owner Jeannie Buss. I guess she had a, there was an issue with her brothers. They had, they had like a secret meeting where they're going to try to get her voted out. They submitted a so list dirty. of people. They submitted a list of uh, people that they wanted to get on the Lakers board and her name was not on the list. So she had to take some legal action to get them to get it thwarted, basically. So how do you guys feel about them trying to push her out? They they're denying that they tried to push her out, but it it kinda looks like they tried to push her out. So James, you being yeah. a trash Lakers fan, um, how do you feel about that? <laughs> Listen, I bleed purple and gold. So let me tell you this right now. It's like you it's like an episode of Empire. Like Cookie Lines <laughs> and, and the rest of them are trying to get my man, you know, out of the, you know, director's chair. And it's like, it's like they really are, are like, are really like trying to close the door on her. And it's crazy because like the secret meeting they have and trying to push her out and she had to get a restraining order from her lawyers. Like this is, this is not going to, yeah. this is not going to end uh, anytime soon. And it's going to get uglier in May when, when, when the courts have to deal with this. At the end of the day, she's the mind of the Lakers. She's like her dad. Rest in peace, Dr. Buss. And she's gonna she's gonna hold it down no matter what. The brothers are just you know the brothers are just the brothers, and they're just bitter because they couldn't do nothing about it, and they don't have that much stake in the you know in, in the Lakers as much as she does. She's the she's the power that runs everything. You know she used to mess with Phil Jackson, but that's not saying much anymore because Phil, cause Phil is not uh doing his thing with the Knicks right now, right, Ray? One no matter what we talk about, you find some way to slander the Knickerbockers. I don't understand. That is the pure sign of a hater. The Knicks had nothing to do with this conversation. Oh, my gosh. But you said, I'm going to find one little thing. <laughs> but continue. That's crazy. Kelsey, you agree with him? I, I'm going to say this. I'm proud of Jeannie handling business, especially during Women's History Month, making sure her little sleaze, the sleaziness that her brothers are doing, which hurts because you never want to be hurt by your own blood. It sucks. But obviously, there's a reason um, that the dad left it to her because he obviously felt she was the most responsible. And I think she's going to do great things. I mean, as we know, the Lakers have had a little bit of problems, you know, after their uh, championships in 09 and 10. And, I mean, 
they had some a bad record and bad season. But I think with Magic, she's doing the right things going forward. And I really hope her brothers know that she's serious and let her do what she's doing. And they're going to unfortunately just have to move on because it's, it's Jeannie's organization. But, I mean, they kind of are a little justified in their side because she did fire him. So that was his way of saying, you know what, you can't just kick me out of here. I got to have some type of say-so in but something. So I can understand. She fired him because of the backstabbing. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I can see both sides of it. I think they just need to go to family therapy. Go call up VH1, <laughs> get it sorted out, oh see if things gosh. can get fixed a little bit. All right, so anyway, let's I mean, move on. We do want the family okay. to love each other, so best of luck to the best, best family. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to uh, James, hip to the game. You ready to take over? Yes. All right, let's look into the Cavs. The Cavs just got Deron Williams and Andrew Bogut. Is that the X factor for me? I believe Andrew Bogut makes, you know, clogs in the middle. He he can pass, and he can definitely do what he got to do as a defensive presence, you know, to help on with uh, Tristan Thompson and the Cavs. And I believe that uh, Deron Williams will resurrect his career now. I believe he will have a, a good role with the Cavs, you know, as a backup point guard. So I'm looking forward for the Cavs to, you know, winning the East again and going on to play whoever in, in, in the West. I say it might be the Spurs this year. I think mm-hmm. that um, I and Darren Williams what do you guys was think? probably the biggest part of it. Because Darren Williams, as you saw the other day, his first game in, he was in in the game in the final minutes, and they passed him the ball for the final shot of the game. So they already believe in him, and they, they believe in his abilities, and he's confident enough to take that shot. And I thought that was a huge thing to have because now you just have another person that you can rely on whenever it's crunch time. So, like, they're, they they have so many different lineups they can throw at you in the crunch time or throughout the whole entire game, honestly. They can go 12 deep. So I think Darren Williams being added to that team gives them that backup point guard, and now Bogut just kind of helps solidify the middle even more. And he's, he's also a former warrior, so he has insider information on how they run their defensive <laughs> schemes, how they run their offense and set. So it's a win-win for with both of those signs. I think that was those were great signings. I completely agree. Both signings were great. LeBron screamed for a playmaker, and he got an early, uh, late Christmas present uh, with baby. Williams and Bogut. Stop it. <laughs> but baby LeBron. Williams can do so much. He's a ba- he's the backup that they were looking for. He's had a great season, even though he is 32 years old now. But he's still averaging just crazy numbers all across the board and points, assists. Um, and he can still give you a lot of minutes, which is nice. So I think the Cavs, I mean, they've gotten even stronger and continue to be the beast in the East. Yeah, because Darren Williams is still a starting caliber point guard. So now you guys, they basically have two starting lineups pretty much. So it's going to be tough, man. Then after these two signings and Kyle Lowry getting hurt, it look, it's looking like it's over already. <laughs> And you guys have to think Bogut will finally get his, hopefully, his revenge against his old Warriors team. James, let's talk some uh, NFL signings, man. Man, Antonio Brown, four years, $68 million. That man is the truth. Besides Julio Jones, I, I believe Antonio Brown is the truth in the NFL. Nobody can compare. Antonio's the number one? I'm Because Julio got hurt, I'm going to give it to Antonio Brown this year. And he deserves mm. to be paid like the number one? Yeah, he deserves to be paid like the number one. And Julio deserves to be paid number two. And, um, you know, I'll give you the Giants. You know, your, your boy, he's young, but he's he's great. I can't say his name. I mean, honestly, I, I can kind of agree with you. And apparently a lot of our fans online agree with you. Um, right. On the poll, we asked, does Antonio Brown deserve to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL? And 80% of the people on Twitter agree with you. So they feel me. For once, you're not wrong. They feel me. Oh, my gosh. What is he, and one I, for 72? I have to agree with both of you guys and the fans. Um, Antonio Brown, I grew up, y'all know, was inside the Baltimore Ravens Stadium. So I've seen him firsthand do damage. And he's a great receiver. Uh, he's setting records for the Steelers. First Steeler in history to finish with 1,000 receiving 
uh, yards and 10 receiving touchdowns in three straight seasons. So I think he deserves to be at the highest paid. But I just want you guys to know this. He's getting paid more than A.J. Green, right? Yes. And Julio Jones, Demarius Thomas, and Des Bryant. Um, right. So do you guys think that's fair? Yeah, of course it's fair. Granted, Julio is one of, is probably the best receiver if he was healthy all the time. But he tends right. to get hurt a lot. We know he still plays through his injuries. So if we were able to see Julio for full strength for a full season, it could be crazy. But, you okay, know, okay. the only thing I say is, were you guys sh- shocked by that signing after he just had that issue in the locker room with the Facebook Live? I mean, but but he deserves it. I mean, the Facebook Live was a minor thing setback. But, I mean, he deserved it. And without him, honestly, like, the Steelers have, what, Le- Le'Veon Bell and, and what else? Like, you know, like, he, right. he's, part, he's the center folk of that offense. So mm-hmm. even though even though the Patriots beat them, but uh, but um. Oh man! Let's, Did let's you know Le'Veon on. Bell said they would have beat the Patriots though if he had been playing? If he was I'm healthy. Yeah, I mean, what could have shoulda? He said yeah. that. What could have shoulda? And Matt and Matt Ryan would have took back that sack, and then he would he would have won uh, the Super Bowl too. But anyways, uh, move, moving on. Um, Eric Berry signed uh, six years for seventy eight million. What do you guys think about that? I feel like the Chiefs needed Eric Berry. He was one. Of the, he was probably their best defender. Um, he also has a great story that goes with him. He's their emotional leader. He's their on the field leader. I feel like it was a great signing. Six years seems like a bit long. Seventy eight million. And, and 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 he is probably the top top three safeties in the league. So I can definitely see that aspect of it. I'm so I'm more so saying the length of the the contract. Six years is a long time for a safety. So mm-hmm. he's not how the youngest safety in the league. He's he's, he's up there in age. Uh, I would have to look up the guarantee. Forty million. I it's forty, 40 million, million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's but to, to me, he's going Eric Berry's gonna be a life for um a life for chief. He's gonna retire chief, I, which is understandable. He does a lot in the community, so I could totally understand the signing. So, that, right. but it's just like I said, six years seems like a lot to me. But I'm I'm okay yeah. with it. I completely agree with Ray though. Like I mean, he's kind of like the face of the Chiefs. Um, it's a lot of money, and then I thought this was interesting. When the contract is up, he will be 34, so I think he got the contract at the right time. Because right. obviously at 34 years old, when this contract is up, he's going to be kind of old to be the safety, and I think he's going to kind of have his numbers drop like my one of my favorite safeties, Ed Reed. Um, so he got it at the right time. Of course you had to mention Eric the Baltimore Ravens. I have to mention uh, Ed Reed. Look, <laughs> um, I want to say at least, at least seven times a show, James is going to slander the Knicks. And Kelsey's gonna give somebody a shout out. It never fails. Kelsey's <laughs> gonna shout out the Ravens, the Redskins. I, I mean, I'm sorry, the Ravens or the my, Wizards. My home team. At least ten times a show, and you're gonna slander the Knicks. Like y'all compete to see who can do more plugs. I, I don't understand. I'm gonna oh, start plugging stuff. Let's move. Let's move along now to the releases, though. Like oh, we got man, Brandon this Marshall, crazy. we got Revis, we got Nick Mangold, and Jamal Charles. But let me tell you this right now, though. Brandon Marshall leaving the Jets might make it so that we might pick him up, the Patriots. You know, we always do that. So <laughs> the Jets better watch out. We might have to pick up Brandon Marshall. Yeah, the Jets clean house. I mean, they also uh, cut their kicker, Nick Folk. They pretty yeah. much got rid of all their veteran guys with high money. Granted, Brandon Marshall rebuilding. asked to be released. Yeah, Brandon and Marshall asked to be released because he realized that they were be- rebuilding and he wanted to go to a t- contender. So I can definitely see him to the Patriots, but the direction of the Jets right now is really, where are they going to go? Are they going to, they have to go like, quarterback in the draft, right? I think, what are the choices they have? You can say that, and you can tell they want younger players, they want to start a new, I mean, let's remember Brandon Marshall is 33 years old, so obviously I still think he's a great player, but he is up there, and I mean, he might have a couple more seasons left. Um, but then also, I know some teams are kind of scared to sign him. As we all know, the Ray Rice domestic violence thing kind of shook the NFL, and Brandon Marshall is no stranger uh, to his domestic violence background. So I think that will be something interesting. I know some people were saying they could see him with the Ravens, but as we know, the Ravens kind of want to cut ties with anybody with domestic violence background after the Ray Rice incident. So it'll be but, interesting to see where he goes. But to Brandon Marshall's 
to Brandon Marshall's defense, that was a long time ago, and he a also was dealing with some mental issues too, and he got some help for that. And he's been a pretty solid, law-abiding citizen for a while since then. So I think a lot of those troubles that he had was when he was younger, he was in a different environment, different mind frame, and he's able to grow up and mature, and he's a, whole, a completely different person now. We see him on TV doing commentary. We see him in the community. So I don't think we should necessarily hold his past. From so long ago against him, I think yeah, I think yeah. he's a brand new person. I mean, and I, I feel like the biggest sign it will be going to the Patriots. So. Yeah, I think people are so. saying the Patriots, the Bucks, the Ravens, the Giants. That's the word. I'm yeah, I was gonna say the about. Giants. Honestly, I was thinking Giants. Him next to Odell Beckham with that elite yeah. quarterback, elite Manning. Oh man. And then once we sign Adrian Peterson, right, I mean, you guys might get Adrian Peterson, but I, don't, I think we're gonna keep uh, uh, Brandon Marshall with the Patriots on the AFC side. Let's jump over to the uh, franchise tags, man. There was some huge, huge money thrown out the other day. But as far as the people that got franchise tags, was Le'Veon Bell, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Melvin Ingram. Do you guys feel as though deserved to be uh, franchise tagged, or? But I heard Kirk Cousins might go to the uh, 49ers. Yeah, I read that rumor also. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, today. it's a big exactly. rumor. I mean, obviously, the history with they, Kyle Shanahan. At the same time, though, then who with the Redskins? Who do you guys see the Redskins having as their top quarterback? I know. I read. I read. Um, there was a deal involving Tony Romo. It was a three-team deal. I mean, right. it's all speculation, and, and all three teams have denied it. So I don't necessarily want to put it out there again. But since mm-hmm. we we brought it up, I'll just say what it what they what they said. It was uh the Niners, the Redskins, and the Cowboys. Romo would have went to the Redskins. The Niners would have got um, Kirk Cousins. And Dallas, I believe, was going to get draft picks maybe. So, mm-hmm. But like I said, all three teams denied the report. So maybe it's more so of a fantasy draft. I don't know. I don't think you can say any of them don't deserve it. But, I mean, I think the biggest and interesting ones, there was, of course, as you guys said, Kirk, because not many times does a person get franchise tagged for the second year in a row. He's one of only a few that have gotten that done. And honestly, I think Kirk is staying a Redskins. I think they're just trying to figure out the money portion of it because basically the Redskins are going through what the Ravens went through with Joe Flacco and seeing how much money is he really worth for the long-term deal. And then Le'Veon Bell, I mean, he wants to retire as filler. He's made it clear, same thing. They're just trying to figure out the money aspect of it. I guess that's the part I don't understand, though. Why don't they just sign Kirk Cousins long-term? Why are they playing around? I don't understand why they can't come to a common ground, but you I see they don't want to throw that money to them. Think about what happened to the Ravens after they signed Joe Flacco. You had to cut so many great players just to make up for the money that you're paying him. So I think the Redskins are literally looking at that same scenario and seeing, like, you know, is it worth giving him that much money? So it's a hard decision. But I think it's different because Flacco got you a Super Bowl. Kirk Cousins has got you nothing. He, so, he, he changed nothing. the Redskins organization. Because remember, after RG3, he completely helped change that. And the Redskins are actually in the running. I mean, they're making noise in the NFC, I would say, in big part to Captain Kirk. Um, so, I don't know. So I think, I think his future is with the Redskins. Nothing. You're going to get Redskins fans not listening to our show. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's look at the guys, the big free agent names. The big free agent names, Alshon Jeffrey, Adrian Peterson, and Colin Kaepernick. Who do you guys see uh, Alshon going to? Mm. <laughs> We've got some. Mm. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Me either. I'm, I'm thinking hard. I don't, I don't know. know. Because he's a, he's an option for the um, Patriots as well. But I don't know if he wants to get paid. So if he wants to get paid, that's not an option. But he's got, like I said, the Giants are available. We need another receiver since we let Victor Cruz go, and we've got a lot of money set up right now. But I, I think, honestly, they're saving that money for Adrian Peterson. But Jeffrey has a couple of options. So so yeah. what, do you buy, what about Adrian Peterson? Who do you guys think he's going to go to? Maybe the Giants. 
I definitely, I definitely, I think that's already it's locked up. I don't even think, I don't even think that's going to be a question. How, how you figure it's not a question though? Maybe. I feel like because I don't know if you noticed back maybe a couple of weeks ago when we cut, when the Giants released uh, Victor Cruz and Rashad Jennings. Yes. Adrian Peterson made a little comment on Twitter. Like, mm, the Giants are making some interesting moves. I don't mean to paraphrase them, but something along those lines. So it seems like it sparked his interest to see, okay, they're making some money available. That might be a place to go. And he would be a, a, a huge asset to go yeah. to the Giants, especially once we put him with um, a rookie running back from last year. Yeah. That's a nice one-two punch. So. It adds and then, another element to the Giants' offense that they meet, that they missed out, I think, this past season. I think with him, the Giants might make – some playoff postseason noise next season. <laughs> Might make. I had to really unlike, think about it. Unlike the uh, Redskins. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I'm going to let the Redskins I mean, fans hate you on Twitter. There's well, a lot I mean, of them, so. I'm going to let you guys and your fans <laughs> battle it out because, you know, the, cause, you know the season, the NFC, all they do is battle each other out, and then whoever, you know, has one leg left, it makes it to the playoffs. So I'm going to let you guys do that. Uh, I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the AFC and wait till you know the playoffs. <laughs> All right, so it's um let's get to the sports related commentary uh, uh, aspect of the show. Listen in with K and Kelsey, take it away. All right, so we just talked about one of the people I want to talk about today, and that is Mr. Colin Kaepernick. Of course, he opted out of his contract with the San, Fran- uh, San Francisco 49ers and became a free agent. Now, several teams have already indicated that they would not sign Kaepernick. If he continued his stance, and as you guys know, he has been sitting uh, kneeling during the national anthem because of the injustices he feels is happening in this country to African-Americans. And he says he feels um, that black people have been oppressed basically in this country. And he doesn't want he basically before he said he wouldn't stand for a flag that oppresses his own people. So it's, it's a lot to this. So now that he said he'll stand for the 2017 season, people who supported him and got his jersey sales to number one last year are saying, wait, like you're contradicting yourself. Why are you standing now? They're saying that things haven't changed for African-Americans. And on the other side, people are saying, well, is he only doing it because football is a business and a job and he wants to continue to be a quarterback in this league? What do you guys say? I'll let you go, Ray. I'll let you go. All right. <laughs> um, I'm kind of conflicted with it because I still, like I said before, Colin Kaepernick, has still not just walked the walk. I mean, talked the talk, but he's also walked the walk. Um, he's he's donating money on a monthly basis to lo- local agencies and and different causes in the area to to prevent or to to counteract social injustices. So I definitely understand that and I appreciate that. Um, him as far as now standing during the national anthem, I feel like he made his point previously. So he said, "Hey, I brought attention to it. So now everybody understands what I'm saying." I don't have to continue it anymore because I don't want it to be a continue to be a distraction because at one point it went from getting noticed to becoming a distraction. So he brought attention to it and all the distractions became negative. So I can understand him not wanting to do it anymore or stop doing it because he, he proved his point. He got his point across and he brought awareness to this situation. So I'm okay with him standing now, James, go ahead and get him. So, okay. him so his point was, so uh, Colin's point was to, if people wasn't listening, Colin Kaepernick, his point was to draw awareness to the situations that are going on in America. Right, basically. That was his whole point. That was his whole point of not standing for flag. I just want to know. Right. Basically, he wanted to bring awareness to what was happening, as we know, with all the police killings of African-American black males and women. He basically wanted to bring attention to that injustice and have, start the conversation. Okay. I mean, I know he's doing a lot for the community. I know his uh, foundation has raised money, and he's also put in $1 million of his own. And he's doing good things in, in, in that aspect. But um, I, don't, I don't really know 
what to think about what's, what what was the whole point of it because it, it drew awareness it drew awareness to himself i don't know if it really drew awareness to what's what, what has been going on has been going on for a long time i don't think it, it has brought any change either so the fact that he just said he's not doing it anymore it, it, i mean it's kind of coincidental that the fact that he's up for a contract now so like I mean right. I don't know how to really see that see that what he's been doing has been like a great effect on uh, what's going on now so so the fact I that think, I don't know I I don't I, I'm I'm still like in in between with this one so with that right uh-huh. remember how we talked about last week about platforms so I think part of the reason why he said okay I'm gonna stand now because I know that so many teams have an issue with me kneeling and it's gonna take away opportunities from me. By taking away those opportunities, it's also going to take away his platform. So he has to still be an NFL player to still have that platform to to reach more people. If he's no longer in the league, he's not really going to have that much of an impact. Yeah, somebody just texted me right now. Sorry to, to cut you off, and was like, uh, Muhammad Ali uh, stood for what, what what he believed was right, and he didn't. He he lost his career three years out of his career, not just the season. Right. So you know that that goes to show you that you know you want to be uh, an activist. You you know you gotta you gotta play your you gotta play your role. Muhammad Ali is on a whole other level in comparison. It's an example. It's an example of somebody taking a stand. Okay, but check me out. But Muhammad Ali wasn't gonna. Muhammad Ali though. I'm not comparing. Ali wasn't gonna lose his platform. Ali wasn't gonna lose his platform. He lost his career for three years. I don't even think it's because of that. Listen to this. Muhammad Ali, boxing is more of an individual sport, right? And I'm thinking back to um, Denver Nuggets guard. Why is his name escaping me? Mahmoud. 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 Yes, yes, yes. yes. Let's remember that. He lost a lot of money, basically, saying after he came out as a Muslim. And I think, I mean, I compare that because NBA, obviously, is more of a team sport. And Colin Kaepernick also, I mean, Muhammad Ali was was the greatest, right, of all time. We can never say that. Colin Kaepernick, though he started off well in the NFL. But at the same time, I think people are being really harsh on him. I mean, I think it was already hard to take on. Um, you know, he got a lot of flack for it. But at the same time, let's remember when he started it, other NFL players started doing it, and even basketball teams. I mean, it went to so many sports, even soccer. We had a woman's professional soccer player basically say she agreed with it. So I think he did start the conversation, but I do think we have to remember, you know, the NFL is a business. This is what he's wanted to do his whole life, and I'm sure his agents are in his ear like, you know, if you want to still play in this league, teams are scared of what it will bring and as I said teams already said if he like he's a distraction and that if he continues to kneel they don't even want to deal with him so I think we have to think about his money and basically you know what is his future in the NFL and if he's ready to give that up but he did start the conversation because I think we have started talking about race with sports in a way that we never have before in this country um so I think he did start the conversation but I think the critics like let him do what he's doing he's obviously still doing great things outside of the NFL and actually walking the walk and talking the talk that's all I have to say on it any last thoughts before we move on no thoughts. <laughs> he said no Stop thoughts. Yeah, like I said, I don't think you can compare him to Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Muhammad Ali was a polarizing figure outside of boxing, so it's it's, it's really not comparable. But I, I understand their point, but to me, those those two are on two completely different levels as far as their persona away from the sport. So if you if you take Colin Kaepernick away from a football player, he he really doesn't have a platform anymore. You know what I'm saying? So that's just my view on I agree. it. Go ahead, Kelsey. All right, let's move on to another hot topic. We're going to Baylor women's head basketball coach, Kim Mookley. Um, she's basically been the most successful basketball coach of the Baylor women's basketball program, as I'm sure you guys all know. We all know some big names from that program. But basically, she said some remarks that really rub people the wrong way. As we all know, Baylor has had some problems um, with sexual assault and their student athletes and female students on campus. Basically, at a recent basketball game, 
um, after Baylor won over Texas Tech, she said, if somebody around you and they ever say they will never send their daughter to Baylor, that you can knock them right in the face. Now, on first take, Stephen A. <laughs> Smith took this as a shot because basically said with all the sexual assault allegations that are going on at Baylor, and they even have a lawsuit pending against them now, that he would never send his daughter to Baylor. And he doesn't think anyone else should because he doesn't feel that Baylor has handled um, any other sexual assault allegations. So obviously her comments were taken the wrong way. She did later apologize. Um, but people are basically saying her words and her timing were all wrong. So what do you guys think about what she said and should she be receiving all the backlash that she is? I'll start with you, Ray. I definitely think her timing, that was poor timing because right now it's too much going on at Baylor for you to say you want to, that anyone is wrong for saying they don't want to go to Baylor. So her timing was really wrong. It was just poor choice of words, poor timing. I don't think it's a big deal as far as, it's not, it's not as big of a deal as they're making it out to be, but I can understand the concern behind it. Um, she apologized for it. it. It was misinterpreted. It was. I think it was more so as a joke. I don't think she literally meant punch somebody in the face. I think it was more of a joke, lighthearted joke, just bad timing. Not all jokes are good jokes. <laughs> so um, that's pretty much all. Like she said it, she apologized. Let's move forward. Let's not keep harping on it. All right, James. I, I, I agree with Ray. You know, it's bad timing. But I mean, you know, she was. You know, they just won the game. She was hyped. <laughs> she said she had a choice of words. It was not the right time. It was not the right platform, but especially with Baylor right now. So, you know, it was just, it was a poor choice of words. That's what it was. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing, but it, it was kind of crazy what she said, but, but it is what it is. I mean, let's, let's move on for it. Kelsey, you think she should but, be punished? Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm already going to have a different take. And I think it's just because obviously I'm I am a woman. woman. Yes. Um, and I have to say that because sexual assault is something that unfortunately most there's a crazy percentage that most women in this country will have to deal with it in their lifetime. And Ray, I know you have kids. You can understand that. I mean, you guys have moms. So just think about that. So, and especially when you have a lawsuit pending against you where a former student's alleging 31 different Baylor football players committed 52 acts of rape between 2011 and 2014. I think it's obviously a clear problem that Baylor has a problem with sexual assault, not just Baylor, a lot of college campuses in the country and really in the world, I'd say, have a problem with sexual assault. So I think her apology was good, but she needs to go a step further. I think she needs to do more to um, speak out against sexual assault. I would like to see her do more in the community against it. And I think she deserves all the backlash. And I mean, I think Stephen A was right to take it that it was personally an attack against him, like saying she wanted to hit him in the face. And he did say that and her comment came after he said that um, on first take. But I do, I think she doesn't need to realize people should should be scared to send their daughters to Baylor because right now it seems like every week we hear about Baylor and some type of sexual assault thing. And yes, they fired the president and the athletic director and the football coach, but I think Baylor needs to do a lot more. I can't take it as a joke when it's happening to so many women. And when you know women that have gone through that, I just think it's so hurtful. And to hear another woman put down other women and it was just out of control and outrageous. So that's my serious talk of the day, boys. She, yeah, really she definitely was, she definitely was wrong for it, but I think some of the backlash they're 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 more angry at her for saying that than they are at Baylor for the actual the sexual assault case. Right. Okay. See, I can see Canada. your guys' point. She's now. catching can, more of the agree. flack that she. So she pretty much is taking all of the flack and is, is direct is directed the wrong person. That's what my point is. Like, right. Yes, yeah, she made her comments, but she wasn't involved in any of that. She really has no control over any of that. She really can't do much except but be an advocate somehow. 
so the, I think the, the the negativity is directed at the wrong person. You know what I'm saying? I can agree with that, but people are basically saying that they're feeling like she's perpetuating violence, you know, and there's already the act of violence of sexual assault. But I see your point, right? They should be mm-hmm. mad at Baylor more so for everything happening. But to another hot topic, let's go to a former NBA player, Amari Stoudemire, who's in a lot of hot water. So as you guys know, he played 14 seasons in the NBA, and he's now playing with the Israeli Premier League. And he got in trouble when he told an Israeli sports reporter, um, basically, I'm going to shower across the street and make sure my change of clothes are around the corner when being asked um, if he would play with a gay teammate. And basically, he said he would want to avoid a gay teammate. And his comments are obviously drawing fire with from the LGBT community and just activists and friends of the LGBT community. It's crazy that he said these comments right after he was recognized with the Martin Luther King Jr. Award for Philanthropy and Leadership. And just one more note, um, back in 2012 when he was with your Knicks, Ray, he was fined $50,000 by the NBA after he tweeted a gay slur at a fan. Um, he did later apologize for that inc- after that incident, and he basically said he's a huge supporter of civil rights for all people so he apologized but what do you guys think about what he said and let's just say Jason Collins who came out as the first openly gay player obviously he's expressed a lot of dismay about that and he basically said um homophobic comments have no place in our society so does he deserve the backlash he's getting I'll start with you James I mean listen you know who uh, love is love you, know, you love who you love and, and, and that's, that had nothing to do with me love is love but it was a stupid comment it, it was a stupid question it was, and it was a stupid answer like, like if you look at the whole video of that, like that had no place. That had no like. What was the point of that? What was the point right. of him even answering? You know, like, like that, I feel like that was, like, like they said on uh, on the news earlier today. It was a stupid question. It was a stupid answer. Okay. Like that. What was the point of even asking him that? Like, you, it's like he was antagonizing him in a way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and he felt for the bait too. You know, but he was right. He, a joke is not a joke. That wasn't a joke to me. So. That's all I gotta say about it. Yeah, Mario was definitely wrong on that because we all know. Well, I can say we all know, but I'm pretty sure there was someone in his locker room at some point in his career that right. lived a different lifestyle than he did. So, right, you have to be you have to be sensitive to stuff like that. You have to understand that everybody's not like you. So again, I still think he he may have been making a joke, but it wasn't really funny at all. And it was right. it seems a, a bit obnoxious, honestly. So hopefully right. he understands that that was a, the wrong thing to say, and then he'll just move on for him and not do it again. But he has a history of making comments that he probably shouldn't make. Like he like you said, he made the comment on Twitter to a fan. Right. Um, it was right. in a different context, but once you kind of like already have something in your history, they're gonna start painting the picture of you in that light. So you gotta kind of avoid those situations. Period. Like when they ask the question, the best media trainers they have, he probably should have just. Averted that question, <laughs> averted that question to a different, you know what I mean? So let me, right. let me add something real quick. Like the fact that he said like he's gonna go across the street and use the shower. He was extra dude, with it. Yeah, you like, probably, you probably use the shower with somebody who's who's gay anyway. Just because that, that person right. gay doesn't mean that they like you. Like, come on, dude. Like, get out of here. Like, yo, Amari, you you was an ex Knicks player. That's all I gotta say about that. Right, <laughs> I completely agree with both of you guys. <laughs> he's an ex Knicks um, player. 
his his comments were completely wrong. It's 2017. As you said, I think pretty well, James, love is love. Let people do whatever they want. And then right. to say a comment like that, like Ray said, when you have, I'm sure he has, maybe they just haven't been publicly out, right. you know, showered with a gay NBA player. But it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, when we watch sports, we care about your talent on the court. But we do care about what you say about all people because you probably have gay fans, Amari. So that's just really hurtful for him to even say that. Even, even if it was a joke, it's a joke that we can't stand now in society. Because now you can't talk about people's sexuality, their race, and stuff like that. Let's just right. forget that and let's just focus on basketball. So I'm happy he apologized, but I hope he goes a step further and really reaches out to maybe gay rights activists to learn why he was wrong. And hopefully, Omari, you won't be in the headlines again for the wrong comments. So last but not least for my segment, let's talk about Joe Mixon. So as you guys know, he was not invited to the NFL Combine. So a lot of people are kind of mad about this, but of course he wasn't invited because the former Oklahoma running back was caught on tape punching a woman. Um, and also Ishmael Zamora was another person who wasn't invited to the NFL Combine from Baylor who was caught on tape beating a dog with a belt. So do you guys think it's fair that they were not able to show off their talents in the Combine? Or do you think the NFL is right and basically saying they don't want anybody involved with those type of violent incidents getting a chance to show off to the different scouts at the Combine? I mean, Dan, let's get, let's get, you know, everybody deserves a second chance. Like, come on, man. But, I mean, even though, like, so, so they don't show up at the Combine, they still might get picked. So, I mean, what's – What's the what's the damage? The damage has been done already, so let, let's give everybody a second chance. I completely agree. And now, so we have time. I'm going to move on to you, Ray. Go ahead and do your rant because we want to hear well, it. Well, I just wanted to touch on the Joe Mixon thing really quick. Um, the only thing about the Joe Mixon thing, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, and he was already punished for it. So I feel like it's kind of unfair for him to be punished again. You think it's double jeopardy kind of. Yeah, exactly. So that was my point on that. But for my shoot your shot moment, I got to go to JaVel McGee, man. I'm JaVel McGee. Shaq, leave me alone. Why, hey, you keep putting me, you keep – I'm not going to say what JaVel actually said on Twitter. He was a little crazy with it. But, dude, I'm playing better now. I'm living my life. I'm I'm playing on a good team. And I'm I'm not really having too many Shaq in the full moments, man. Can I just live? Can you leave me alone, good brother? That's all I ask. Your mom actually leave me alone. Hopefully you follow that. And you, you, you listen to your mom. My mom had a couple things to say to you. Can we all just get along, brother? Let's be friends, man. <laughs> Call me. Call me. Let's be friends. Peace and love, my brother. I still think it's funny, though. Shaq and the Fool, the greatest Hall of Famer, JaVale McGee. <laughs> oh, my God. It was just funny it even started. But it was funny for all of us. But it is what it is. JaVale, I have love for you. You played in Washington, so few claps for you. And Shaq, another will, plug. Will always, well, Shaq will always love you. So just, just be friends, be brothers in peace, and just love each other. That's all I have to say. Do you see your plug again? That's a good note to end on, I feel like. I have, I have <laughs> to plug. I always have to represent the DMV. You know that, Ray. I got Because I have two New Yorkers I have to deal with in YouTube. So. No, James uh, is not a New Yorker. He doesn't like I? the Knicks, the Ooh. Giants. Like what? I don't know what he is. I don't know who he is, what he is. <laughs> the walking abomination. What Ray, where do you, where do you live? <laughs> Uh, I don't live there. Okay, you're right. That's cool. That's a good comeback. Yeah, exactly. But um, this was a great show, man. I think we had a, we, t- we covered a lot of good topics, a lot of good dialogue, and a lot of good information. You guys learned from me, so it was a dope show. How you guys you feel about this learn episode? From you. Yeah, man. Hey, keep those notes, man. I, I can't. No, that's what I, I'm gonna get my PhD from another school. But thanks, Ray. I'm, but well, it was a I fun mean, show as always. I'm worried about James because in school he used to copy my notes. So hopefully he actually wrote some this time. And I mean, but it's all good. What notes have I copied, Ray? <laughs> Please tell me. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for everybody for listening. Future Crowd Support, Ray J, Kelsey, and Hip. We-
We out of here. Make sure you guys add us on social media. Make sure you check us out on iTunes. Make sure, what else? Let me see. Facebook, YouTube. Twitter, Instagram. Twitter, Instagram. Google Plus. We're everywhere. We taking over. We taking over. <laughs> at Crowd Sports, Sports. Guys. Oh, go ahead, Kelsey. Yeah. You want to do the outro? Okay. Look, at, I'm about to get fired. I'm going to let y'all finish. No, I'm going to let y'all finish. Are you finished or y'all done? All right, three the cross sports. We out of here. Peace. 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 Bye. R.I.P. to the competition. Step, step, step